0: Is there one invitation that you would give people to play at work? I would recommend that we start with the biggest artifact of all of our organizations, which is our meetings, the way we tend to meet. Mm. And just have fun with the way you start a meeting or and or the way you end a meeting. Like think of play as maybe two bookends to the meeting. Yeah. Um, and it could be with stimulating questions a question that I like to start with is for people to share what was the first thing you spent your own money on? Oh. And it's, it's so fun because it takes people back to like being, I don't know, nine or 10 years old. And it reveals so much about you. And just in case you're interested, Mary, the first yeah. thing I spent my no own money on was a Donna Summer cassette tape because I love oh. Donna Summer. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Lead with a Dash of Play. Here we talk about the how and why of reclaiming playfulness as adults in order to build more connected, innovative, and human-centered workspaces. Isn't that what leadership is all about? I'm your host, Mary Hendra. After hosting two seasons of amazing guests and talking with many people about play and work On LinkedIn, at gatherings, and in daily conversations, one of the things I regularly get requests for is how to get started. So join me every week this month for a summer session, so to speak, a mini season of four episodes that is an invitation to play. We started the episode today with Natalie Nixon, a guest from Season 2. Meetings are such a ubiquitous part of work, and often one of the spaces that can feel energy draining. What if that wasn't the case? What if meetings instead were spaces of creativity, energy, and inspiration? Some of the... Recommendations from the last episode of Summer Session could help here. Travel, show and tell, the laughter of the meeting name. But Natalie wasn't the only one who focused specifically on the magic of bringing play into our regular work gatherings. From season one, Wendy Hornbrower suggests inviting laughter as the primary goal with this activity.
1: It's called a brain fry. And it's like an opener, it can be an energizer, it can be something you do to start a meeting. And it's called three things. So if you're in person, you stand in a circle. If you're on Zoom or some other, you um, change your name to a number. Okay. So you'll know that number one's gonna go, and then number two is gonna go right after. And the, the key essence here is speed. The way it works is everyone makes a fist with their right hand and you pound it into your left hand. And at the same time, everyone says, three things and mary i would say to you name three things you can do to your teeth and then the first three things that come up your mind whether they're actual things they don't have to be true they don't have to be right they just have to be fast out of your brain that's where the silliness comes right and then you can <laughs> say it to the next person around you we keep going oh i love that you get to learn a little bit about people you learn about what's silly to someone you get to learn where the boundaries are. Cause sometimes people do something and it goes a little bit risque or it goes Ooh. a little bit erudite where it's like name three, three concertos, you know, composed by Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that might, that might concerto
0: be number one, concerto <laughs> number two.
1: Concerto <laughs> number three. <Woo-hoo>.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Have you ever arrived at a meeting only to wait? Mark Collard describes a strategy for facilitators to engage participants from the very beginning and has even jumped into this type of activity when he's simply an attendee at a meeting that is running late.
2: There's nothing worse, and this comes from my personal experience of turning up, often early, or even if I'm on time, seeing the lecturer or the conference organiser or the instructor of the corporate team building. And say, look, let's wait another five or 10 minutes before everyone arrives. What a wasted opportunity. Here we could do, even if we are willing to accept that we need to wait 10 minutes for someone to arrive, let's use that five or 10 minutes. So I refer to it as the unofficial start where I'm imbuing lots of choices. So I might have some puzzles on a table or a few things to do on the whiteboard, or I'll have a video watching, maybe only one or more of these things at any point in time. I'll give them something or some things to occupy them, to engage them. They're always fun. They could choose to do it on their own. They could choose to do it with others. Program technically has actually started, but I'm by me referring to it as the unofficial start. So it'll sound like, hi, my name's Mark. What's yours? I'll work hard to try to remember it. Hey, uh, look, feel free to put your stuff wherever you like. We've got a couple of things going on. If you don't know anyone, that's okay. No one else knows each other either feel free just to jump in if you find something of interest and, you know, and and we'll, we'll get started in a few minutes. Right. And I think, Oh, great. I've got some choices here.
0: I love the the low key invitation to play invitation to, to engage in thinking about your, your identification of like this inviting people to interact. That's what you've done. And you've set Mm -hmm. up in the structure there is a first invitation to interact with somebody else.
2: Yep. And, and, and again, the people themselves don't recognize this, but from a training perspective, when I'm training others to understand the strategy here, often the things that they're working on compel them to move close together. Mm. They're purposefully small, so that they're breaking down some of those physical barriers as well. Now, I could have really large props, which means people could step away a long way from each other, but there's something powerful about inviting people in that builds energy. And you can never have too much energy. You can always dial back the energy. (laughs) It's so much harder to try and build it up. So much harder.
0: It isn't just an informal entry where my guests recommend incorporating play. Here's Jocelyn Brady, with an idea to get creativity flowing so that you can have a more productive conversation around the serious matters.
3: Well, one of my absolute favorite exercises, you know this one, is, sometimes I get in trouble for saying this, which is usually when I know I'm in the wrong room, but it's called (laughs) shitstorming. Shitstorming because it's fun. Um, If you're not allowed to call it shitstorming, we call it, what is it? Uh, Sell it to me but shitstorming people will know it's not brainstorming so it's like you're <laughs> you're meant to focus on the shitty thing. The first thing you do is you think of the shittiest like the dumbest, worst, most ridiculous product idea that you can possibly think of and everyone just spits it out, you know, from uh fishnet stockings to I don't know what's a, a kitten mittens one of my favorites, um a cardboard rooftop. And uh once you kind of have that exercise going, now you're going to pick one, just vote on one and Everyone thinks of why this is the most awesome thing to have ever existed. You can break people up into teams. They could pick different product ideas. And the point of that is you're, you know, exercising, you're getting creative about something that's ridiculous. We are all fantastic at coming up with bad ideas because we don't, we, it's like a competition for the worst idea. It's fun. We don't feel like we have, we're not pressured to say the right thing, the correct answer. people are going to think it's dumb. It's like, no, we want them to think it's dumb. Right. So yay. (laughs) And, and then uh, people, yeah, just pitch it at the end. And it's a really, really fantastic way of getting people into a more creative, relaxed, playful Mindset. So when you are uh, approaching, um, you know, a, a serious uh, product or solution um, brainstorm, the mind has warmed up and it is primed for creative ideas without shutting them down prematurely.
0: I love that. If that wasn't quite your style, Amy Clymer developed a deck of visuals known as Climber Cards, which can similarly activate our creativity
3: using those or something else similar you know it doesn't have to be the same thing but something similar to invite some conversation at the open of a team meeting or just for yourself personally you know ask yourself a question that you've been grappling with and spread out the images and pick a card that represents that and then you're just doing that personally maybe do some journaling or even just some talking out loud quietly to yourself or you know in a team meeting and having having team members share as a way to connect to whatever it is you're focused on, whatever you're talking about. Um. I love it.
0: One of the things meetings have going for them as places for play is that we often plan ahead and can give them a little bit more structure. That works to our advantage when we want to create an alternative space, since we can bring props to a physical space and prepare visual props for an online gathering. Many of the guests featured on this summer session episode have ways to engage with free activities, so there's no reason not to get started today in making meetings better. You can download a free chapter of Natalie's book, The Creativity Leap, on her website. On YouTube, you can watch Jocelyn's tiny tips, maybe even bring one into the meeting itself. Mark has developed a database of games with Playmio, and regularly blogs about facilitator tips to use them. And you can give Amy's Virtual Climber cards a try as well. My last featured guest for this episode, Dave Mastronardi, highlights structured games from GameStorming, and those also are available free online. In our conversation, Dave specifically talked about the pre-mortem. You heard that right, the pre-mortem, as one way to bring a structured game into the workplace to make serious impact on business decisions.
2: The trigger for when
0: I suggest a pre-mortem is when people are very confident that the project (laughs) is going to go to plan. So no, I think. I think we need to ground ourselves here in a (laughs)
2: pre-mortem. The the
0: reality check that actually can make things better, I think.
2: Yeah, nothing ever goes to the plan.
0: It's actually, I think there's data to show that um, thinking through the reasons a project might fail improves its uh, probability of success. Your turn. What's one play you can make to improve a meeting this week? Thank you for listening to the Lead with a Dash of Play podcast. Reza Zaidi, and Joanna Stevens created and provided the beautifully playful and reflective music you hear in this podcast. The song is titled Holding Rain.